I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 19. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. Oh, it only went and happened again, didn't it? Classic, classic Tottenham. Um, you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about the game. We've got fun stuff that we are going to discuss um, on today's podcast. What did you both make of the game, the performance, result? Uh, what are your overall thoughts? Chris, I'll come to you first. Well, I want to talk about Leicester first, Jack. Because actually, that is, I think this, those two games are like the story of, I think, where we are now, right? Which is, we have got the ability to do something like we did against Leicester. And then we can also play like we played against Chelsea. Um, wasn't too bad. If Kane's goal had stood, the game probably would have been a bit different. But I think basically where we are is we're somewhere in between being absolute unbeatable sort of, you know, like Marvel team that can be, I still can't get over it, 94-48 with 2-1 down. There's literally 12 seconds of injury time to go and we won the game. You know, that's it's history making. No one's ever done it that late in the game um, before. That even beats the Aguero winner, etc. So we're a team that can do that. But then we're also a team that can just look a little bit lacklustre as we did in moments yesterday. And so somewhere in between is where we lie. So we probably are a team that could finish fourth and we could finish seventh. And actually, I think we have got an op- We could potentially finish fourth. But we've got to do a little bit of a decent-ish recruitment as best as you can. We talked about recruitment a lot last week. I appreciate that. Um, and then, you know, in Conte, we trust and all the rest of it. So that's kind of where I am. But I've thoroughly enjoyed myself on Wednesday night. I frightened the cat from all the screaming um tab was upstairs and she said that as soon as she heard the screaming she checked her scores and realized what was happening um but yeah it was a good night it was a good night and a game as well like that list one we thoroughly deserved to win it like we created so many opportunities and it's just like it just felt typical didn't it when it went 2-1 with sort of 15 16 minutes to go you thought how have we lost that well, that, that was sort of what like my gut feeling was like, you know, we, we dominated and we deserve to win. So to to fight back was fantastic. And it, it gave me probably a little bit of um, false hope going into the Chelsea game, because when you do turn around a game like that so late on, you do sort of think, oh, is this going to you know, be a, a turning point for the side? But I think you summed it up really nicely, Chris, really. And if we're all being realistic Spurs fans, which is difficult to do a lot of the time, um, you look at our record at Chelsea, you look at most teams' record at Chelsea. If we, You know, a lot of sides go there and get beat most seasons. You know, they're a team that usually finish in the top three. Um, it wasn't a surprise to me, really, that we got beat 2-0. And I was quite zen, if I'm totally honest, yeah. as it was happening at full time, because I didn't expect anything really other than that kind of result and performance, given, you know, that they'd beaten us 2-0 and 1-0 in the Cup weeks ago. Same group of players, you know, not really a lot's changed. So you can't be expecting that we're really going to go there and do too much. So I was quite calm after after the um, full time whistle went, but equally frustrated at, you know, the Kane goal not standing because I did feel for large periods, especially in the first half, I thought we did all right. You know, flattered to deceive a little bit going forward against Chelsea, but I thought we defended quite well. We restricted them. They didn't really create a great deal in the first half. And then Ziyech bends that one in, you know, from 30 yards. You can't do nothing about that. And 
from then on, it was always going to be very difficult to come back into the game because, you know, we didn't carry that much of a goal threat. But I thought for large periods, we, we did quite well. The controversial moment, of course, was Kane's goal being disallowed right on half time. ASD, foul, not a foul, clever, cheap. Where do you stand on it all? So Thiago Silva is one of the greatest centre-backs I've ever seen play. I saw him play for PSG at Chelsea and he, he's just one of the, the best players I've ever seen. And that's what experience buys you. He's not there for his legs. He's there for stuff like that. Kane has gone down so easily so many times looking for the um, looking for the contact. I don't think we can really complain. We can complain at the lack of consistency because there was so much other stuff which which you, you could punish for the same level of offence. And football is a semi-contact contact sport. You have to allow something like that. This you know, So that I'm, I'm sort of split with it. What I don't like is there, there just seemed to be a bit of a narrative that that this was the reason we lost. If we'd gone 1-0 up, it would have been a completely different game. Chelsea played, played and beaten us four times this year, this season, and three times this month. And they've <laughs> never, ever looked like they've ever been any problem. And... Uh, the, the, our problems are way bigger than a, a single isolated incident. It wasn't a foul. It should have stood. But Chelsea never got out of gear two. And they didn't have to. And I think we knew that going in. And like you say, that there's Conte came out and said it. it. He said to be an important team, you need important players. At the moment, we are far away. It takes time, years. We know this. And like you say, I was very zen. I hate this game, but I was very zen. I was looking at the... Um, the Chelsea, the results. I saw this stat on, uh, you know, people talk about the the uh, Stamford Bridge, and I've seen some quotes from Barcelona players who just said they hated going to Stamford Bridge because it's so intimidating. The, the fans are so close to the pitch, a bit like the old White Hart Lane, and that is horrible. But if you have a look at our away record against the top six in the Premier League era, so it's one win away at Chelsea, two wins away at Arsenal, two at Liverpool, three at Man City since the takeover in 08-09 and four at Man United, which makes it 12 wins away in 131 games. That's poor for a team that wants to see themselves as top four. But, uh, but I do think that a lot of sides have probably got a similar record to that. Even some of the bigger sides, that, don't get me wrong, that like the likes of City and Liverpool and United will obviously have more wins at Chelsea. But it's not as if teams go there and win on the regular. Like Chelsea probably lose one or two home games a, a, a season. And that's about it, really. Like, So, you know, yes, our record there is poor, but for large periods of the Premier League, we've been a really poor side. So, so it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. And that was what I was a little bit baffled watching the Twitter meltdown after mm. the game, that people genuinely were absolutely outraged by the, oh, the performance was shocking. Why is he playing this team? And the funniest thing for me at the moment on Twitter is people moaning at team selection. Like, that's our squad. Do you know what I mean? It's like he can. There's there's 18 players realistically that he's going to pick. If we all wrote down our our strongest starting eleven, nine or ten of them players are going to be exactly the same and in the same formation. So it's like he can only work with what he's got really at the moment, and he's doing a brilliant job, Conte. Let's not forget that was our first league defeat under him. So let's not forget that. Um, he's not a miracle worker. You can only do so much with Doherty, Sessignon. Winks, Sanchez, do you know what I mean? It's like it's hardly a side that you think can go to Chelsea and get anything other than beat 2 0. Did you see the Jonathan Liu piece in The Guardian on Saturday evening? Because that was the thing for me. It was like it gave us all that little glimmer of hope. So I'm just gonna, I'll just read the um, <clears throat> the opening paragraph. It felt like an end, not a beginning. 
Internazionale had just gone 2-0 down at home to Torino with half an hour to play. And as the camera panned to the touchline, Antonio Conte bore the expression of a man who had accepted an invitation to dinner only to discover that the menu would be entirely vegan. His side had won three of their opening seven games of the 2021 season and were eighth in Serie A. The prospect of mounting any sort of challenge for the Scudetto seemed laughably remote. And then anyway, they won that game 4-2 and that was the beginning of them. And then they won the Scudetto that year. Now, I didn't read that and thought, right, well, we're going to win the Premier League after coming back against Leicester. But it did make me think that we might, that momentum might just be the thing that tipped us over and at least got us a point at Stamford Bridge or whatever. But, you know, I just hope we can still push on from it and not worry. And the Chelsea's just a blip, um, you know. I think even calling it a blip, though, is potentially a little bit harsh because, I mean, we lose there every year. So it's almost, you know, it's, it's near enough a 36 game season. And we just discard the two Chelsea results um, and, and battle it out in the other 36 games. But we have got quite a favourable run of fixtures coming up now, though. Um, obviously, it's FA Cup weekend um, on the 5th and we've got Brighton. But then in the league, we've got Southampton and Wolves at home in the next two league games. So it's like we should really be looking at that as being six points. Then we go to City, obviously, pretty much a write off. But then we've got Leeds away and Everton at home. So the next five games, you're looking at that thinking we're better than four of those five teams. You know, three of them are at home. We should be able to put together another little mini run. And then we go into United and West Ham after that. So we're still in a very, very good position in the league. And we have got all those games in hand, which there's so many that it might not necessarily be the best thing in the world. But the fixtures we've got coming up are quite favourable. Um, so I'm looking at it still optimistic. I, I still think that finishing fourth realistically is going to be a step too far for this squad. You never know. Crazier things have happened. It's all going to be about who can be the most consistent. Um, but looking at the next five games, there's no reason why we can't pick up at least three wins, a draw and a defeat. Like 10 points out of the next 15, sort of as a bare minimum, really. There's no reason why we shouldn't win four of those games against the lesser sides. And you're probably going to lose to City. But that would put us in a fantastic position, you know, sort of start of March. You know, a really good position to mount a, a decent run to the back end of the season. Yeah, it's there's also a point that yeah, there's there's a lot going on. So some people, Paul O'Keefe, who seems to know a lot about Spurs, he's a he says he's a FA registered intermediary. He says, you know, there's a lot of players who are carrying knocks at the moment. So Dyer had a thigh injury against Chelsea. Emerson was only there on the bench to make the numbers up. He couldn't get on because of an injury. Reggie played against Leicester with a hamstring injury, and Lucas has got one, but had to come on. You know, so there's a lot of players. It's people are. Teams are just getting tired now, even if we haven't played as many games as other people. So we have to take that into consideration. But yeah, we've got an average squad. We, we, we're performing. Conte will make it better. I, we need to shout about the resurgence of Stevie Bergwijn because he was brilliant again yesterday. I thought very direct, yeah. beating yeah. a man. He was doing. He's, he's doing really well. Like uh, I think he's, he's trying. He's trying hard. A lot of players like Lacelso seem to be putting, put getting a strap on. But the but Stevie B seems to be doing a good job and. We forget he's only 23. Like I, I'm happy to see the lad trying and getting his opportunities. But that's one thing you, we, we've not we've not been able to fault his effort, Bergwijn, since he's mm. joined. Uh, I've not watched him in a game and thought you could have given more. The the question mark really with Bergwijn is that end product. It's the numbers. It's the goals. It's just it's 
grabbing you know a game by the scruff of the neck and actually making something happen which we haven't quite seen from him other than his debut against City when he scored that brilliant goal and put in the most performance and and Leicester the other night but I, I I think that he did do a good job at you know against Chelsea up there with Kane it's tough do you know what I mean we've we've played a 4-4-2 really weren't we so he's probably never really played up front before um, and, and I thought he did OK. It's still looking quite likely, isn't it, that he's going to go. Um, but you don't want too many players to go because the squad's already quite thin as it is. Um, and so, you know, someone like Bergwijn after the Leicester game, there were probably some question marks then about, oh, do we keep him? You know, if he can do something like that, is he worth keeping? Um, I'm still not really convinced on him, if I'm totally honest. But there, there's other players that are much higher up the priority list to get rid of than, than him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, even before Wednesday, I always thought he offers something different because you have we haven't got other players that like that that will run. And I know Lucas does, but I think that um, that Bergvine is a, sort of slightly cleverer in his play, um, and I think his runs are better. Like his running off the ball is much better than Lucas's. Um, and yeah, and I think that there are there are definitely more we need to get rid of. I mean, it look, looks like Lacelso is on his way out, and it's like, yeah, you know, close the door behind you, Gio. Um, I saw. Well, a, but he's fully fit though, isn't he? He's fully fit. In case anyone yeah. wasn't wasn't sure. I saw another tweet tonight, actually, where apparently, uh, who was it? You know, one of those Spurs whatevers. What is it? Hang on, the Spurs web. Tottenham midfielder Giovanni Lacelso is not particularly liked at the club, and it's a quote from Dan Kilpatrick. <laughs> And someone in this WhatsApp thread that I'm in said, I remember reading a few months ago that he's dismissive, so unpleasant, to any non-footballing staff at the lodge. Because no one ever wants that person who's rude to the catering staff or rude to, you know. Yeah. So. And also, like he's, he's been uh, as equally as disappointing as Ndombele, really, if we're being honest. Like A player that we signed, a lot of, play, a lot of sides were after him, big reputation, and he's just not just not done it has he again another player I've not seen him have a good game in a couple of years so the the, the difficulty that we have got is you know we can all sit here and write down five or six players in the current squad that we think should go and I think everyone is pretty much in agreement with who those players are the difficulty you've got is that pretty much all of those players haven't played well for at least a year so finding a club to take them even on loan it is a bit of a challenge at the moment <laughs> again another an astonishing thing from Twitter is all the people moaning about, you know, the, our transfer business in this window. No one's really bought or sold anyone yet. Like the January window is difficult. It's not as if all the other sides are out moving players in, getting new sign-ins. And it's just us that are sort of sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Like no one's really done anything yet. So it's like you do have to be a little bit realistic about what you can do in this window. And we know it's the most difficult one to buy and sell. So realistically, if we can get rid of, Le Celso, Undembele, potentially Delhi, and you just bring in Adama. I know it's leaving you light in the middle of the park, but the priority is getting those guys out at the minute. Um, it's funny. I don't want to sound like a twit, but um, I spent a couple of hours on Saturday afternoon on Talksport Two doing the game day phone in with Jordan Jarrett Bryan. Yeah, and yeah, it was really good fun actually. And we spoke to. Newcastle fans, Leeds fans, Everton fans. And what are they all saying? We need a striker, we need a centre-back. And then when you say to them, who is it? They all go, well, I don't know, but we need a striker, we need a centre-back. Well, we all do. 
that's the point, isn't it? And Man I know City we, don't even have a striker, do yeah, they? You know they sold I mean, him like? in January. Yeah. <laughs> but let's not forget we've got one of the best centre backs in the world coming back soon, like legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be that will be great. Are you um, referring to Romero or Ben Davis there? Just just so we're clear. Ben Davis is a is the Swiss Army knife. He can play any position to a world class level, and I don't even mean Rodon either. Well, what are you having a go? But um, <laughs> it's Romero, and um, that'll be great. Yeah, but yeah, we haven't we haven't moved much. Apparently, Conte's putting loads of pressure on the board to get it done. This is what Paratici is meant to be doing. It looks like that Vlahovic is going to Juve and not Arsenal, which we can all be thankful for. Um, he was never going. A player with that reputation is never going to go. Like no disrespect to him, you're not going to go to Arsenal at this point in your career, where no. they are, when you've got clubs that are, you know, challenging for titles and Champions League football regulars. Like it's just not going to happen. No, I'm now fully behind the Troy Ore thing. Now I, I don't particularly want him, but if he's going to be Spurs, I will, I will get behind him and I'll support the lad and wish him, wish him the best, and you know, just hope, hope he does what we want him to do. So we're recording this on Monday evening. I reckon mm. choose tomorrow, Tuesday, he's going to be announced. Mm. I think it's done. I would yeah. say. Well, there's a bit the... of a gap now as well, isn't there, with international break? So you'd mm-hmm. think like there's a there's seven ten days now before we're playing again. So we should be looking to get one or two. If we if they're going to sign someone, now's the time to do it plenty of sort of training sessions get them settled in and ready for the, the game against Brighton yeah. or in true Spurs style um, I was going to say we'll sign him the day after the Brighton game and it'll be cup tied but the window will be shut by then so yeah. that would be true Spurs wouldn't it isn't he, or, is, isn't he already cup tied though Did yeah he? play in the last round oh, yeah, he's already cup tied okay. he must have done he yeah. must have done but also I don't get that I want to know who Paratich is on the phone to you always see pictures of him, didn't you? Of him walking around before the game on the phone. I reckon he's got echoes of glory on, to be honest. He's just <laughs> listening. Or he's emailing ASD for all of the... Uh, ASD's got emails from him all like that. But that's the thing. Like, if he's always on the phone and always working really hard, well, where's the... Where's the output? Yeah, right. Well, this is some stuff today that um, Valencia are interested in Brian Gill, aren't they, on loan? What yeah. a strange, strange signing that's been. Oh, Jack Clark as well, looking to go to Sunderland on loan as well. That's a bit weird. Like, what? Why did we spend they're so much? All out on loan though. They're young, and you, they're not. They're obviously not ready. You want them to get some game time. Yeah, yeah. It's just Jack Clark says, you know, what was the plan for them? Yeah. You know, like that's been a, a few years now. It's, I don't get it. But the other one, uh, Saar, is is just tearing it up, and everyone's raving about him. The, the oh, highest young thing in Europe. Season. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him. But who knows? Who knows? I just want a player to come in and be good. It was the last player who came in and was just a good player. Hoiberg, but people people are mixed on him at the minute. I just... Romero, I guess, and Reggie. Reggie was the last player who came in and went, that's a first-team player, I think. But even... I mean, Hoiberg now, you can't... I mean, I, I still don't understand what all the detractors were on about. I think yeah. the thing for him is... If, if that in, in the Leicester game, when it was him, Skippy and Winks... Actually, if you look at him in a slightly more advanced position, he was playing some really interesting. That little first, that chip over for the second goal, yeah. that was from him. Yeah. So actually, if he's in, if he's got he's got some vision, if he's in that advanced position. I mean, look, you know, he's not the world's greatest creative midfielder, but he's got something in his in his locker. 
he's a presser as well though isn't he like if you're yeah. playing for in the middle of the park he's a he's almost like a poor man's Jordan Henderson really in that kind of role where he can actually initiate a pressing midfield win the ball back and sort of play those 10-15 yeah. yard passes higher up the pitch um he's also got the captain the captain quality and aura about him which I really appreciate about him like did you see him he pulled Stevie Beef back from going into the crowd and getting yeah. a yellow card and gets respect just he you can just see I think he'd be very boring at a party but I think he'd be a great housemate you know everything would be tidy he'd be yeah. in bed by half past nine I think he'd drink loads of water he'd always have sweet corn like he'd just be a great housemate do you know what I mean that um that Leicester Why game sweet corn your uh vegetable of choice there it always, eh? it always runs out here like and I love it it's always running out of sweet corn <laughs> you know the, and the thing is as, as well you're absolutely right because he's only he's what 25 26 and he seems like an older character doesn't he yeah you know he's got two kids you know yeah i'm just going back to that leicester game because a couple of my friends that i play football with were there and they would just sort of said it was incredible the celebrations like nothing they'd ever seen that's got to be up there as like the best spurs away days in the modern era surely i'm struggling to think of any that were better one nil in the san siro has to be up there and the ix obviously but outside the champions league yeah i mean it that would be the best way to have, would be to have been there. They, they, that would be there would be no better game to have been. You know, is there one? I was going to. I thought about this in the week. Is there one game where you weren't there, but you would swap? You would swap every single game that you have been to to have been there, ignoring Ajax, because I'm sure we'd all want to be at Ajax. The 1984 UEFA Cup final. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe an FA Cup final in the early 80s because my dad always raves about that and says how incredible that was. But equally, he holds the semi-final against Arsenal, the Gaza free kick, as one of the greatest games ever. Even though, you know, he didn't, but it was just the occasion of FA Cup semi-final and beating them. So yeah. Potentially. I think it would be a game like before my lifetime. If I can't think of any that I'm like, oh, I would give everything to have been at that one. Um, yeah. Probably something before before I was I was around, I would say. Uh, the... Um... The Inter three one. I've just always wished I was there. Just all and Matt, just the atmosphere. Were you two there? Who was there? For the, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, oh I wasn't, god, I wasn't it just sounded loud and just the yeah. whole energy at that time and just that team. And the, one that, game that I'm like going that, I missed was the nine one against Wigan. I wasn't there for that, and that was like to see your team score nine is pretty rare. Like the chances yeah. of seeing that again slim isn't it so that would have been yeah, one i'd yeah. love to have been at. yeah that was amazing particularly it was 1-1 at half time yeah yeah was that crouch's goal was he did he score at first post, yeah at post yeah i watched that game in full on the morning of my wedding like i because i wake up early and i had the whole game on my laptop and uh <laughs> my 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 best man and my brother were in the double bed sleeping i think they were naked next to each other that was weird and i was in the single bed in that room and um i watched the weekend game um <laughs> Tell you what's a shame about ASD, ASD, the morning morning of your wedding, you've got time to kill. <laughs> Spurs <laughs> but, but, but for a it's wedding, like a full Spurs match. The only thing I will say though is that what I found weird since Leicester was people going it's Ajax all over again. It's like it's not. No, it's not. It's Leicester away. Yeah. It's not the semi-final of the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, all right, we came back, but oh, we can't. You can't compare it to Ajax anyway. No. Just a little uh, bugbear got it off my chest. Tell you what, I'm not sure. You, you might have experienced it if you ever go into Cardiff. When, when you talk about the, the semi-final, like it, it always happened in Six Nations time. But when it, when the cup 
games were in Cardiff when they were building Wembley because if you've ever been to the Millennium Stadium it's in the middle of Cardiff City Centre and I can't overemphasize that enough it is in the middle of Cardiff City Centre and so it just feels like a party atmosphere in the town and that that's the one thing that that disappoints me about Wembley and Twickenham a bit because there's it doesn't it's Wembley is just you get on the train station and you walk and Twickenham is you make that horrible walk from the the train station through the houses to the ground which Cardiff is just pubs are full everywhere and that that that's what I love about the that's what I'd love to see more like find that that sort of energy around around Wembley but I don't know how they'd make it but that's what they need to sort out I think with the uh with the semi-finals here tangent sorry <laughs> also tanganga i'm losing faith and i love the man i just he hasn't been playing very well you know i just yeah there's been a lot of little mistakes and it's becoming more and more consistent now and i know he's young but it's it's a bit disappointing recently yeah, i hate to say it actually my question was why do you think he went with a, he started with a 442 yesterday yeah i i think honestly we had the two games against Chelsea the weeks before, and he was like, that's not worked. I've got to try something different yeah, tactically. Yeah. Just, if I go with the 3-4-3 or the 3-5-2 again, I've tried that, and we can't contain them. For, really, if we're being honest, it weren't a 4-4-2, was it? It was a 6-2-2. That's pretty much how we were set up. Um, to, I think to try and give us a bit more stability, like 4-4-2 when you're without the ball is quite a difficult formation to break down because it is very compact and the spaces are really really small between the lines um so i just think that he rolled the dice a little bit and was like with the personnel he had what we'd done the few weeks before why not give it a shot but i don't think there'd have been too many fans three four months ago if you just said matt doherty's gonna play right wing for you away to chelsea i don't think that would have pleased too many people I, i just don't think we had the players available as as well on Tanganga as well, as to your point now, uh, he has had a dodgy four or five games, definitely. He's been at fault for quite a lot of goals. I feel like he's been a little bit unlucky that every, it seems like every little mistake he's made, an opposition team scored from. Um, but you do, we do have to remember, like, how old's Tanganga? 21, 22? Yeah, he's only. You know, he's another young player in the team. Young defenders as well. It's, it's yeah. tough for them in that position because any young player, any position, going to make mistakes, going to have a dip in form. We saw it with Skip, didn't we, a few months ago? You know, he was, you know, people then questioning him. Um, he was taking out the team a little bit. And it's like, I just think Tanganga, there's a player there for sure, definitely. And I think the impressive thing about him is that there's a character there. And it's just whether or not the ability sort of coincides with that and it, everything falls into place. There's talk of him going to Milan, isn't there, on loan. I personally, I, I, he's the kind of player for me that I want to see us keep in and trying to develop. Um, probably give him the rest of the season, give him a good run of games. And if sort of he plays the next 10, 15 games and he's not done well, you can take him out of the team and sort of say, OK, maybe you're not quite good enough. But Carl Walker-Peters, perfect example, player that didn't play often for us, had the odd dodgy game, but overall I thought we did all right in a Spurs shirt. We sold him for good money and I don't think it was a, ba- a bad decision to get rid of him. We got Hoiberg, didn't we, as part of it, so it was fine. But it just sort of goes to show, like, a player that's just given an opportunity and given a run of games, like, he, he's looking like a really good right-back now, Walker-Peters. He's got a cracking goal at the weekend as well, but I, I just, I'd hate for us to just sort of get rid of Tanganga and him be sort of that next player that actually could be a good squad player for us in the future. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. 
And did you uh, talking of Kyle Walker Peters though? What a goal he scored! It was a cracking goal, wasn't it? Cracking yeah, goal. Outside of his foot, and yeah, really nice. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, obviously, there's no game this weekend, but we've got Brighton coming up in the FA Cup um, afterwards. Early rounds of the FA Cup. It's always the point of the season where you're dreaming of, you know, can we put a cup round together? Is this going to be the year? It's been a long time since we were even in an FA Cup final. Um, I won't depress us all with how many years it has been, but it's been a while. Um, Brighton's going to be quite a tricky game, you know, like they're a well-coached side. They've got a couple of decent players like Graham Potter's doing a pretty good job again at Brighton this year. Um, And they seem to me to be a team that we find it difficult to play against. I think back the last sort of three, four years, there's not been a game against Brighton where I felt particularly comfortable. The score lines have been tight. So we're going to have to be right at it when we do play them in, in sort of 10 days or so's time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we just need to go for it. I I would love to do well in the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup. We need, yeah. to, we need to do something. We need to do something. Um, shall we play our favourite new quiz? Yes. Yeah. The baton's been handed over to Chris this week, so it's not Maldini or Roden. What, what are we going for this week? Uh, th- this week, despite ASD's protestations, and I know you've named it ASD, but I've made it. So this week, it's Maldini or Dyer. Devastated. <laughs> and we'll be ending on Maldini or Dyer. I'm just going to answer Rodon to every question. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I sort of started thinking about Spurs players. Um, and so I've got a few Spurs rounds and then I go into something else. So uh, I will keep score uh, and I have already set my answers. I've got a spreadsheet here, which I can, uh, I can, you can verify. So I'm not going to be showing any favourites. Can you so, explain the uh, rules to new listeners? Yes. Yeah, so to new, new listeners, the rules are I am going, we're, I'm going to posit two footballers. And Jack and ASD are going to tell me who they think is better. The correct answer is who I think is better. (laughs) Sometimes I might qualify it. Other times I might not. (laughs) I'm going to start with you, ASD. Casey Keller or Neil Sullivan? I'm going to go Neil Sullivan, I think. I think I'm going to go Neil Sullivan. I've just got more memories of him than Casey Keller, but... Um, Casey Keller's more exotic, isn't it? You might. I, I don't know you well enough. I know Jack too well, and I don't know you well enough to understand what who you're having. But I'm going to go Neil Sullivan. Okay, Jack. Yeah, I, I'd agree with Neil Sullivan. I I think that Chris potentially might have gone Casey Keller because Neil Sullivan did leave us to go to Chelsea, so that might be a little bit of a a, a, a cross against his name. But I'm going to go Sullivan as well. Well. I never really quite warmed to Casey Keller. <laughs> <laughs> so you've both got... Did anyone? <laughs> so 1-1. One, one. Um, so the next one, I, I was funny, I, I wrote it and then I thought, oh my God, I don't know who I want in this one. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, ha- I did come up with something. Jamie Redknapp or Tim Sherwood? Oh, brilliant. That's a brilliant <laughs> question. As a manager or as a player? <laughs> or as a man. Um, it's Sorry. me first on this one, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. Tim Sherwood. Just for the gilets. <laughs> ASD? So I've met Jamie um, in, a, Jamie. In, a, in a in an event and he's a very beautiful man. 
like he's really beautiful i met dave gandhi as in supermodel dave gandhi at the same time and jamie is better looking um by a long way i might just go jamie because tim sherwood's great but he did have a, well no because tim sherwood's very consistent wasn't he i think for as a player i'm gonna go sherwood i just i never want him near my football club ever again <laughs> i hated him as a manager so sorry i've done it again so we're gonna have the same points but sherwood Correct. You both have a point. I, actually, on my spreadsheet, it says, ugh, I guess Sherwood. <laughs> Next one, Jermaine Defoe or Robbie Keane, ASD? So I know what Jack's going to say. And I, I think you're going to say Robbie Keane as well. But I'm going to go Jermaine Defoe because he was just such a great servant for the club and just scored goals in so many different teams. Sorry, Jermaine Defoe. Short answer, Jermaine Defoe. Oh, this is that's a, such a horrible question. Um... Defoe was the better player, but I'm going Robbie Keane. You reckon? So it's now three-two to ASD. Come on! I've always had, I've always had a big soft spot for Jermaine Defoe, although it was really hard, and I sat and struggled for a bit. So Jack, Eric Edmund or Maurizio Tarico? Oh my word! <laughs> I mean, Eric, I'm going to go Eric Edmund because he only ever did one good thing, but that was one good thing more than what Maurizio Tarico ever did. So, Edmund for the screamer at Liverpool. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I actually, if you look at my spreadsheet, it says Eric Edmund brackets Liverpool goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. so, this is all, I mean, maybe I made it too easy because it's four, it's only 4-3 to ASD with only Jermaine Defoe in it. So, um, ASD, Oivind Leonardson or Timu Tainio? So, you're... You're you're doing the your era when you you were you and Jack were going more and I was I was playing it more. Um, I'm going to go Timu Tainio because I saw more of him and did he do the was it him with the throw in against Chelsea and yeah. when we won the cup and he pointed to the scoreboard in the last minute. So I'm going to go Timu Tainio. I'm going to go Leon Arpson. Um This is when I, I first started going to Spurs. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a good player, but he was one of our better players. <laughs> so what does that say? Um, Tanya also got that cracking volley at West Ham. Um, but yeah. Leonardson, um, my answer for that one. Well, Jack's pulled one back. It's hey. all the way for me. And I think I thought you would have remembered this. I think I told this story once. For some reason, me and my sister thought the name Oivind was one of the best things we'd ever heard. Oh, yeah. And so we call each other Vind and Oivind. <laughs> no way it wasn't going to be him um, the next one I wasn't sure myself so I just made a final decision like a minute ago um, <laughs> Adele Tarapt or Giovanni Dos Santos this is it's me first isn't it um, Giovanni Dos Santos I oh, really Tarapt because he did have magic in his feet when he could be bothered and he, he just was magic and Dos Santos just looked miserable the whole time I actually decided, I, I, I see your point, um, ASD, but I decided on Dos Santos, so it's currently oh, yeah. to Jack. Um, ASD, Sandro or Scott Parker? Oh. Well, my gut is Sandro, but I, I, Scott Parker is... Why just... have you got this obsession with Sandro? <laughs> Why do you hate him so much? Oh, my word. It has to be Scott Parker. If only for that, that through ball to Aaron Lennon in the two nil or 2-1 against Arsenal where we scored the two exact same goals 
and I had the most that was might have been my one of my that is one of my favourites North London derbies of all time. It has to be Scott Parker for his just consistency and his his, his tuck. Yeah, I agree. Black boots, black boots, tucked in shirt. Get the vote in my book, definitely. Despite the fact that I've got a picture of Scott Parker on my wall and I love his haircut, I went beast just for the, <sighs> just for the tweets, just for the the shit housery. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. You should have gone with your gut. Um, Jack, you now, isn't it? Massa mm-hmm. uh, Chadley or Musa Sissoko? Oh, that's, that's quite a good one, actually. I don't know, Asda's giving me a funny look, but that's... Because you could never fault Sissoko's determination, attitude, he's just not a good footballer. Chadley for me. Chadley, and yes. ma- mainly for the goal against Arsenal where he shushed the crowd and got booked. Um, I always thought Chadley was quite a good player, to be honest. So, you know, I thought he was a little bit underappreciated when we had him. Sorry, I'm going off on one. Chadley. Yeah, Chadley. Sissoko, you can't fault his passion and his drive, but you can fault his feet, whereas Chadley was so good for us. I thought Chadley was just, he was just consistent, just wasn't quick enough. It was just a, a good average player. Sissoko played centre midfield in a team that got to the Champions League final. <laughs> Sissoko and Winks. Ch- Chadley. All day Chadley. I'm afraid you're both wrong. Oh, how are I want to go to VAR. <laughs> For the reason that Jack just pointed out. What, he was just in the team? <laughs> he was a great contributor to that team. He was a he was a real grafter. And actually, you, you enable other players to play when you've got a player like Sissoko. And although Chadley did score that goal and... You know, was you know was a good player. I think he drifted in loads of games. Sometimes he looked like he couldn't be asked. So yeah, I've gone with Soko. The next one I really struggled with. Um, and if you asked me on a different day, I'd have a different answer. But ASD, Yan or Toby? Toby, because uh, Yan was great and a longer, longer servant. But he had the odd error in him, and he did look a bit like Bambi on ice. Whereas Toby was just perfect. He was what Ledley should have been. Jack? It's Toby for me, Rolls Royce of a player. Like behind Ledley, best centre off that I've seen play for Spurs. Well, you're both correct. So <laughs> still five to ASD, six to Jack. So Jack, you're ahead. Uh, uh, Jack, John O'Shea or Phil Jones? Oh, what a, uh, John O'Shea, hands <laughs> down, hands down, John O'Shea. Um, good squad player. Scored an unbelievable chip for Man United at, at Arsenal in what I think was a 4-2 away victory. It was the game when Nev- um, Keane and Vieira were going at it in the tunnel. And United went on to win that game and John O'Shea scored a chip late on. If you watch the Premier League years, that's always one that's shown. Um, John O'Shea for me. Good facts, Jack. ASD? Yeah, I didn't realise that was that game. Um, I'm going to go... Phil Jones, because I think John O'Shea was great, but John, but he was made to look good by the players, and then he just sort of he's he's a good Sunderland player. Was Phil Jones a bit higher than that? I think so. I'm going to go Phil Jones. ASD, you're wrong. Um, yes. ASD, Richard Dunn or Danny Mills? Dunn. I just Mills is very arrogant for what player he was. Jack. I, I have to agree. I'm going to go with that. The own goal specialist, Richard Dunn. <laughs> 
Um, deceptively quick though, Richard Dunn. You'd see him and you think he can't move. He actually he could shift, but he often forgot what goal his team were kicking in. Um, Danny Mills, nasty bit of work and uh, horrendous on Talksport. I can't believe they give him airtime. Um, yeah, Richard Dunn. Right, you're both right. Um, Jack, mm. Harry Kuehl or Mark Viduka? Has to be Mark Viduka, just for the song. You know, not, it's not Hallelujah, it's Mark Viduka. <laughs> um, he was a brilliant striker, Mark Viduka. Do you remember those four goals he got against Liverpool in that game as well? He scored like two little chips over the keeper. Viduka all day. Uh, if It has to be Harry Kuehl. Because he started and played in the 2005 Champions League final. And if you're doing Sissoko for taking a team, <laughs> being part of a rubbish team to, to get to a Champions League final, it has to be Harry Kuehl in the most famous Champions League final of all time. You are correct, ASD. Yes. And I always quite liked Harry Kuehl as well. I thought, so bought my friend Angie, who's a Leeds fan, a really great T-shirt that said Kuehl and the gang. That had a picture of them all on there. That's it. So it's seven, it's eight, you're only at one up, um, Jack. It's 8-7 to you. So it's ASD mm-hmm. first now. Mm-hmm. Andy Carroll or Dirk Coit? Andy Carroll. Or Dirk yeah. Coit. Dirk Coit. What a workhorse. What a legend. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Although, did you see Andy Carroll's two disallowed screamers <laughs> for Reading the other week? They're the best goals he'll ever score. They've both got disallowed. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Uh, Jack, Buffon or Casillas? Oh, oh, that is a great question. Um, oh, I think I'm going to go with Casillas purely on what the Champions League international like there's not a lot separating them ability wise but i think because he's probably one slightly more so he just edges it for me asd it's hard because casillas has won everything all the time uh but buffon has also won it. i'm going to go buffon for different because he's still going i i really disliked him when he came to us playing with juventus do you remember and he something happened there was like a a foul or an offside and he went to celebrate in front of their fans to waste time but master craftsman and a beautiful man they're both beautiful men you've equalized yes. how old is Buffon now he must be what 42 43 he's still playing i think yeah. from a goalkeeping goalkeeping perspective that whole thing of like catanacci over the italians he is yes a beautiful man um and also just that the thing for me with Casillas is I can't take him seriously since he dropped that aftershave bottle and broke his foot and missed the World Cup. That was him, wasn't <laughs> it? That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's like you couldn't make it up. Right, ASD, Edin Dzeko or Samuel Eto'o? Uh, Eto'o, because Dzeko was great for City and a few other clubs, but Eto'o was, was just one of those players I just loved. Eto'o, by like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, Worlds apart, I think, to be honest, like Etu was phenomenal. Dzeko was good, but not quite that elite level. Etu was, oh, what a player. Terrifying to play against, I'm sure. Yeah, and to the point where it felt like Chelsea was a step down for him, like even when Chelsea were really good. Cause what he, he ended did up at Everton, didn't he? Do you remember he, he had mums at Everton? That was so <laughs> odd. I also remember Glenn Hoddle wanting him in the early 2000s. He's, he's unbelievable. He um, Jack, Fernando Torres or Raul? Raul. 
it has to be Raul because of his unbelievable record. But Torres, if Torres had been able to carry on doing what he did at Liverpool, he would have been one of the greatest strikers to have ever lived. Like the, He scored my f- favourite Premier League goal. There's a goal that he scored against Blackburn where there's a long ball to him and it bounces and it's coming across his body and he just follows it back across the goal. And it's it's unbelievable, but he got injured. I think so. it's Paul Robinson, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that 18 months that Torres had when he was linking up with Gerrard, he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And he tore one of the best central d- defenders uh, in that's ever been in the Premier League apart multiple times. Vidic could do nothing with him. He, he, he ripped him apart. So, but Raúl is 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 god tier, isn't he? Well, you're both right, and it's eleven all. Mm. Uh, is it your turn? No, Jack. Yeah. Nesta or Cannavaro? I have to say Cannavaro. I think purely because he he's got to be the last defender to win. Player, best player in the world, isn't he? Like, I don't yes. think anybody else has won that since. So, so, you know, to win that as a defender, you must be, you must be pretty good. Who was yours? Cannavaro. Yeah, Ballon d'Or won the World Cup, Real Madrid, Juventus, Italy. But it feels really hard to not choose Nesta because. Yeah. I might go Nesta for for the sake of it, Nesta because he was. Oh, it's hard. I want to go just because he's different. I w- I don't want to disrespect Nesta. But Cannavaro's up there as well. One ahead, ASD. Oh, wow. Nesta, because he wasn't like a physical player, but he could always nick, like his timing was so impeccable, he'd just nick the ball. And I just think there's something beautiful about watching a a defender be able to do that. So, sorry, Jack. ASD, Griezmann or Neymar? Neymar, because Griezmann was great for Atletico and then did didn't do that well at Barca, whereas Neymar sort of done it everywhere he's gone, really. So Neymar, I'd have to say Neymar as well, but I think both of them are massively overrated players. You're both wrong. It's Griezmann. <gasps> Is it? I thought Griezmann particularly that that and also that year he won they won the World Cup um, before he went to Atletico. Um, I put a bet on him being the top scorer and I won like, I don't know, enough money to buy both my nephews a full Spurs kit each out of my winnings. So it's great. 500 quid. That's quite impressive. (laughs) I I hate his celebrations, his fortnights. It just winds me up. Anyway. Uh, Whose go is it? Jack. Jack, Duncan Ferguson or Steve Bull? It's got to be big dunk, surely. Yeah. He, uh, you know, it's got to be. Yeah, the fact that he got robbed twice and beat up the robbers twice and just held them until the police came is brilliant. <laughs> and he's trying that. to reposition the dunk, the big dunk brand that is this now, is this big softy, isn't he now? And it's like, <laughs> no, you are not. No, like, not. We all know what you are, mate. It's not a, it's not a softy. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yes. Uh, ASD, Crouch or Giroud? Oh, oh, I, you have don't, to go. Don't do it, ASD. Don't See, do it. <laughs> I love Crouchy. I'm going to go Crouchy just because Giroud did, was brilliant for Chelsea and Arsenal. And is it AC? Is it AC now? Um, but 
Yeah, you have to go Crouchy. Just for that volley for Stoke against City. What a goal that was. Jack? Yeah, there's no world where you could pick an Arsenal and a Chelsea player over a Spurs one. So Correct. I have to. Correct. I think he gets it just for that, um, the goal that took us into the Champions League for the first yeah. time. I've got goosebumps. Oh, that one. Um, I was talking about the, I was thought you were going to mention the one away at the San Siro. I've, I can still hear the commentary. Oh, yeah. Oh. And finally, Maldini or Dyer. Jack? I need this, don't I, to equalise. I'm just going to say whether he's... <laughs> <laughs> um... oh, hang on, no, no, actually, I'll make the rules. Jack, ASD, Maldini or Dyer? And what's the rules of the game? Because you said the best player. According to me. Oh, God. <laughs> rules, ASD, you literally made up this game. Mine was which, which one you... on this one, I think. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm going to go Dyer. Jack. Oh, his internet's gone. That's the end of the game. <laughs> it's actually gone. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, sad. the sad thing is he can't win anyway, ASD, because you're right. I'm back. All I'm right. back. But oh. my answer would have been the opposite to ASD's. OK, I... fine. Well, then you've lost by two points rather than just one. Uh, what was the correct answer? Dyer, obviously. Obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So 15... but I'm sure there would have been a lot of stress going on for ASD there while he was figuring out who do I actually answer. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, great, I didn't think I'd fun. win that. I never win this sort of stuff. That's great. Oh, Can I say, before, before any other bit... ASD, you're right. Hmm? It's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, because there's got to be... It can't be so obvious because then you just end up with the same points, which you did on a lot of this in, or anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Balotelli. You've seen about him? He's been recalled to the Italy squad for the first time. But did you see the video of it? Hmm? Wow. Yeah, right. He's we're still he's, playing. Well, now he's gone Liverpool, Milan, Nice, Marseille, then Brescia in uh, the second division of Italy, and Monzo in the second division of Italy. And then he's just gone to the a team that's just been promoted into Turkey. So he's not doing great. But he just put a video on, um, on Insta of him in a, it, starting his new car. And it's just got a very normal standard Hyundai nothing against Hyundai's obviously but you know going from what you used to have at City with that crazy camouflaged um whatever it was Bentley it's it's just mad to see him like this but obviously good luck to him he's had a rough life they must be paying him a fortune I'm not sure I'm not sure like a newly promoted team in Turkey I just and it's not even a, a according to Wikipedia a football team it's a sports team that do eight different sports so it's a like water polo and stuff like that. Oh. Right. Hey-ho. Any other, any other <laughs> oh business my God. before we finish? He's playing with Benjamin Stambouli. <laughs> oh. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Well, wow. there's next week's uh, Maldini or Stambouli next <laughs> week. <laughs> You're doing it, though. Um, Maldini or Stambouli. Brilliant. Any other business? Um. The women's team did not have a good game yesterday. I don't know if anyone saw it. It was on. It was on the. It was on the FA Player. Actually, it was on the telly. And it's the first time we've conceded three goals since the. You know, uh, like the beginning of the season, practically. Um, and I don't know what happened really. We just didn't quite look like we were at the races. And you know, don't get me wrong. The team are doing really well. And and it's just you know, it's just one of those days. I think. Um, but we desperately need a striker. 
it's like our strikers in Australia and because she goes back and forth to Australia all the time um she hasn't really had a good run in the team so Rachel Williams is brilliant but she's in her 30s and she's literally been at the top level for the last 10 years which is quite a lot you know and so you, we can't rely on her so uh, I hope that the women's team do a bit of business in the next week as well to be fair they only had four four, four players on the bench I think because like injuries Covid and then however many are off on um, in, uh, international duty Madness. Madness. Indeed. I also say uh, well done for a Soccer Saturday. Was it a Football Focus? Sorry, Football Focus. Oh, yeah. Thank so you. So that, that's good. It's on BBC iPlayer. You're on, it's about 40 minutes in, I think. I went back to watch it. Yeah. You were really good. Thank you very much. How did you find it, Chris? I know you mentioned in last week you were a bit nervous. I was a bit nervous, and it, it, was, a, it was a good conversation, and I think actually they did a really good job of it because I think what they managed to reflect quite well is you've got four very different women with different ideas about the world, with different approaches to football, all the rest of it, but there's a real common thread. And actually, I think that's all you could have, you know, and that's funny enough, I was on a Zoom with a new colleague today and um, she said to me, how was your weekend? And I was like, oh, it was great. It was a bit weird on Saturday. I was on Football Focus. Well, and she was like, my husband watches that. And I was like, oh, it's about this. And suddenly she goes, oh, he just, he's shouting from upstairs that he heard it. She was like, didn't realise he could hear my conversations. <laughs> I said, well, maybe he tuned in because he heard Football Focus. And actually he came down and he said, firstly, he said there were some things that as a man he hadn't considered before. And secondly, he said some of the, um, some of the stuff that you find, he um, said particularly as an away fan, which I also recognise, is quite unpleasant for a lot of men as well. So actually, there's some stuff there to talk about. So I thought if that was what kind of came across, then that's great. So yeah, it was good. Brilliant. Brilliant. It was great to see you. I was a bit surreal seeing you on there, to be honest. <laughs> I heard you on Talksport as well. Was that the week before with Max Rushton and Barry Glendenin? That was. Uh, that was a couple of weeks before. I did Guardian Football Weekly the week before. Brilliant. And now you're doing Echoes of Glory, so, you know. This is, oh, no, but this is the important one. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, look, pleasure to speak to you both as always. Um, that Maldini or Roden quiz is brilliant. It's literally one of my favourite parts of the podcast now. Um, Maldini or Stambouli next week, so that'll be a good one. Um, until then, remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, 
the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.